Hello and welcome to 20 Tim Minutes, a podcast that focuses on mental health in a serious but yet humorous way. Listen as I interview a wide variety of guests where we show our support as well as sharing our own personal struggles and stories with mental health. I am your host, Tim McCarthy, and now it's time to talk about it. What's going on, everybody? You're tuning into another episode of 20 Tim Minutes. I am your host, Tim McCarthy. Today I have on TV, film, and theater artist based out of New York City. She's also the creator, producer, and host of the podcast Mamas in Training. She is learning everything she can about motherhood before she is a mother. Today we have on Jessica Lorian. Jessica, how the hell are you? I'm so good, and I feel like I also have to insert there. I'm originally from Boston, so I'm wicked good. Yeah, yeah, right, right. <laughs> what part of what part of uh, Massachusetts are you from again? Um, Taunton, so okay. south of Boston, north yep. of Providence. All right, yeah. originally from. Clemson but I feel here. like as we, there you go. Yeah, I, I was going to say I feel like as our conversation progresses, I might add more and more of my Boston accent because it's gone away. But every single time I talk to someone from home, it comes comes back. Comes yeah, back. So we'll see by the end. <laughs> it's very addictive, especially when you leave the state. If you go on like a like a totally different state, like far away, people are just like, are like what? You're totally, from yeah. Boston. They think you're like a yeah. like a low key movie star. You're like, no, I'm just I just sound like an idiot at all times. <laughs> I love it, but yeah, I'm really happy to be here. Thanks so much. Um, yeah, I'm so glad. To- yeah. You've been um, a pleasure to like chat with and work with the whole time and reaching out to you when we initially chatted, I was like, I feel like Tim and I have a cool connection. Maybe it's Boston. I don't know, but I'm just happy that we're here. Yeah. I liked our little consultation. I, sometimes the consultation, so I'm like, man, I should have recorded this. This is probably would have yeah, been good too. Yeah, it's true. Mm-hmm. Um, but tell me a little bit more about the podcast, Mamas in Training. Yeah. So I'm actually coming up on my hundredth episode, which is crazy to me, um, going on two and a half years. And I started it originally because I can't have children yet. Um, I'm 35. So technically, I will be in the geriatric stage of pregnancy whenever that time comes. Um, So it's been a little challenging for me because I have an autoimmune disease. And because of medication that I've been on, I have not been able to even try to conceive yet. And so I was kind of looking for something positive to, to take, you know, during this time. And I'm also an actor. And so I'm always looking for ways to be creative. And also, to be honest, to to try to control things. Because with my acting career, you often feel like you can't control things. And then with my autoimmune disease, I was at the mercy of my body and my body healing and doctor's appointments and all these things. So it was a combination of wanting to learn, wanting to have a positive outlet for everything that I was going through. And then also wanting to be able to feel creative and, and control something. So it's blossomed into this unbelievable community. And like I said, I'm almost at 100 episodes. By the time this is out, I'll be at 100 episodes. And I've just been inspired by so many moms who have been there. Um, and I think the coolest thing is like we study everything else usually in life. You know, Anything that we want to do, even if it's a hobby, we usually study how to do it. But very often when we do become pregnant, we either don't have the luxury and the time to study it because, oops, it just happened, or we study it and work on it because it's a challenge that we're going through. So maybe we're going through infertility or something like that, and then we're forced in kind of a negative mindset to really learn about it. So I'm trying to change the narrative a little bit and study it before I even get to that point. And I encourage anyone out there who is an aspiring mom to do the same. 
That's perfect to do that because like I interview people like you to learn stuff that I would have no idea about. Um, like I've done an episode on postpartum depression, PCOS. So like I'm, I don't have any kids, don't really plan on having kids, but to learn it yeah. and try to like share it with somebody in my like uh, demographic of listeners that might have exactly. some questions that are like, I don't get it. <laughs> well, and not only that too, but like if you learn about something, maybe you'll have a guy friend who might have a wife that's going through something, not to mention the impact that partners and males, like that the whole pregnancy and birth and postpartum situation has on partners and males and fathers is huge. And so you might even be able to provide some insight to some other of your guy friends or other people that you come across. So, so that, I think that's really important. Yeah. So your podcast is very geared toward women, but obviously you do some uh, points on like fathers to be and, and what they can deal with. Have you ever talked to anybody that, uh, that was focused on the, the father side? Yeah, I actually have someone coming up. They're going to be in um, episode three. We're actually going to be talking in like two weeks or a week, I think. Nice. Um, and it's specifically going to be on that, like how we as women or we as the child bearers can support our partners and know really what they're going through and how to support them. Because oftentimes the fathers or the partners can feel like the third wheel, um, and, and we might not even realize that we're doing that. So I'm really excited about that conversation. And then, um, the only other males that I've had on is I did, um, a couple of dads, I called it episode and it was about two dads. And so, um, a homosexual relationship and their kind of processing going through becoming parents and what they had to go through, which was a totally different thing. Um, but any way that you come on to it, I mean, it, it, you know, parenthood is a really huge chapter in your life if you're going to dive into it. And, and it's important to know more. This is like no story is alike. So there's so many different avenues that you probably oh have to deal gosh. with in here. How was it coming out with your story? That's not easy to uh, talk about your, um, your story and bringing it out to light. So how did you feel about doing that? That's never easy. Yeah, it's funny because... I was a little hesitant at first. Like I would kind of touch on it and make little comments on it here and there. But when I did actually first share it, like the tidal wave of like uplifting comments and support and love and generosity was cathartic and it was healing for me too. Um, and so I was like, well, these people want more of this and it feels really great for me. Uh, so I've only shared my actual story on one episode of the, of the show, um, episode 20. And then I reshared it recently with kind of a little update, um, not a little update, a big, exciting update. Yeah. Um, but then I share more on my Instagram handle and everything. Mama's in training pod kind of more on the frequent as far as where I'm at on my journey. But, you know, I expect, as I do get off my medication and as I do heal myself and eventually become a mom soon, I expect to kind of share more. And so people can kind of come on the journey with me and see what my experience was like. Isn't that the best feeling when like you say something, you come out with it and someone's like, Oh, I'm so glad you said something. Cause I want to talk about it. Like people are very shy and they can't do that. And for us to like dive in the pool and just tell our story and then people to come out of the woodwork being like, thank you that you said something like, did you get that early on where someone like reached out and like, thank you so much. Totally. And I think it too, it just opens the door for conversation for what other people have been through too. You know, I mean, and I think that's what makes my podcast so different from other pregnancy and motherhood podcasts is like, I'm not coming at it with, oh, well, I did this when my child was here, you know, 
I don't have that experience. And so I think it opened the doors for people who have autoimmune diseases and are going through this challenge with pregnancy and motherhood. Um, and even other people who might be going through other periods of waiting, whether it's due to infertility or career or whatever it might be. Um, but they definitely started to come out of the woodwork and it, it was, it was, you know, eye opening to me to hear and know that we could kind of be in this together. That's my little tagline. Like we're in this together. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's what it's all about. That's awesome that you're doing that. I, uh, I always learn about when my friends are pregnant, like over hair stories. And like, I didn't know like deli meats was like a bad thing. If you're pregnant, there's like all these like things. I'm like, wait, what? Like, cause I'll never like experience that. But like, I learned that. So if I see someone out there pregnant, I'm like, don't eat any deli meats. They're like, yeah, we know already, pal. <laughs> like, like that's what I'm learning. So. Yep. Hey, um, any little steps, it's important. Right, right. <laughs> Uh, now talk about that autoimmune disease. Like, what is that like? Can you explain that a little bit further and how that uh, implements with uh, with unable to have a child? Yeah, well, it's crazy because I feel like I I won't get into all of this, like whether the the way that the world and nutrition and fast food and all of this is affecting us, but more than not, I feel like I'm hearing every day of more people suffering with many different types of autoimmune disease. Um, my autoimmune disease, in particular started off as just psoriasis, um, which is just an inflammation of my skin cells, but it completely covered me head to toe. Like you wouldn't even recognize me. Um, and then it evolved through to now what it is psoriatic arthritis. And so I developed the arthritis with the psoriasis, which is how they come together. And the arthritis really attacked my ankles, a little bit of my knees, my feet. I couldn't walk. I had to buy a cane. It was completely debilitating, completely stopped my entire career as an actor. Um, and it was heartbreaking because I didn't know what to do. I didn't know where to turn. Um, and it stopped me dead in my tracks. And so what I kind of am trying to also put out there and encourage people, no matter whether you're an aspiring mom or anybody with a, a health challenge or something to overcome is really to push through to do what you feel like is best for you. And for me, that was to try to get off medication in a natural whole way. So I've been doing that with diet um, and controlling my stress and all those things. And I'm really excited to say that I actually, this week of recording, which is towards the end of November here, I'm basically this, as of this week, this Saturday, I will be medication free, which is a huge, huge accomplishment. And it's taken me like a full two years since I started to wean myself off. So now was that a self-choice or was that like you talked to your doctor about that? How, how was that? Yeah. Well, I, in order to start a family, I had to be off my medications and pretty much if I were to get pregnant while I was on either of the two main medications that I was on, I would need to have an abortion. It was too dangerous for a fetus. And so when that time came that I was kind of thinking, all right, well, sometime soon in the next few years, I would like to try to have a family. I thought, well, I'll slowly wean myself off. And, and the way that I decided to do it, because when you talk to most doctors, they're not really going to say anything about diet. And what they just said is, you know, we'll wean you off. And then if you start developing any sort of symptoms, we'll have to put you on something else. 
And of course, there are some medications out there that are safe for pregnancy and people have gone through on them, no problem. But I've already had a bad experience with medication in the past. And so I didn't want to take that chance. And so I thought, well, I'm going to take an experiment and I'm going to try to heal myself from the inside out and make my body, my gut, my my whole digestive system, everything, because that's where a lot of autoimmune diseases live is in your gut. Um, and I thought I'll try to make that as strong as it possibly can be so that as I start to wean myself off of this medication, maybe my body will kind of heal itself. And it has. And so I, 2019 is when I officially started my um, actual way of eating. I, I don't like to call it a diet, but my way of eating. And um, I, I did a strong elimination diet, but then I've kind of come to a point where I know what kind of affects me and I know what doesn't. And so I'm at a happy place now with my medication. I don't feel like I'm deprived or anything, um, but it's what worked for me. And I slowly, month by month, took time. It ended up taking longer with COVID. Um, but yeah, a month ago, I dropped my strongest medication and I haven't had any sort of pain or backlash or anything like that. And, uh, yeah, I, I wanted to make it through Thanksgiving. And then I thought that this week it'll be a month after I, I went off my last med. So that's kind of usually the timeline that you can continue to, to lower. And so this Saturday, um, this past Saturday was my last day taking this last medication. And so, um, you know, if all things go well, I, I should be medication free by by next week, and um, and then I have to wait too. I have to wait. It varies between three months and six months. Um, they have to make sure it's out of my system before I can actually try to conceive. But you know, it's it's a slow process. But for me, it's been the 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 reason behind it is so important, and it's that baby. So that's what's made it easier. A lot of hard work going into that. Um, to talk about the diet real quick, we don't have to dive into it, but it's like, it's pretty easy to be like, yeah, I got to stop eating like shit first off, like drink more water and like stop eating fast food or stuff. Like, it's kind of like, you can figure it out. Like you can go to a nutrition or the doctor, but it's like, Hey, how about you just stop eating like shit? And then you start yeah. feeling better. Now, the question I wanted to ask too, is like, so your mental health at that point, like you can't have a child, you have an autoimmune disease, you're not feeling good. Like what pushed you to start like making changes in your life? Was it the idea of like, okay, if I make some changes, I will have a child or is it something else? Honestly, it was, it all boils down to that why and, and wanting to hold a baby in my arms. And I feel like whether it's a promotion, whether it's buying a yacht, whether it's having a baby, like whatever it is for you that keeps you going and makes you driven and, and is a solid why for you, it makes everything else so much easier. So that's that's truly what it was. I mean, and I have a super supportive husband and family and friends. So of course that helped. But yeah, it was every single decision knowing that I was doing this to hold my own, you know, future child is, is what, what it was at the end of the day. Was there ever a point in that journey that you not self doubt, but you were like, maybe uh, like thinking about maybe adopting or you just strive for something like that, that like the same thing. You're like, you know what? I'm not, I'm not stopping. I'm going to, I'm going to go for a child. Yeah, no, never. I mean, 
I, until the day comes that like five doctors tell me that I can't have kids, like yeah. I, even if one tells me I'm going to get five other opinions, you know, it, it's so ingrained in me. And, and this could be with anything, like whether it's that, you know, that this entrepreneur business you're starting is going to happen, like whatever it is for you. Like, I just know so clearly that I'm meant to be a mom and that this is supposed to happen for me, that it's, it's going to happen. And that's not to say that I haven't had setbacks. I mean, I've completely beaten myself up because I've eaten crap or I've had a bad day at work. And like at work, um, I work in an area that always has like tempting food. And so there's always been times where I've just like eaten all this shit and then I've gone home and I'm like, damn it, why did I do that? But you know what? Like just dust yourself off, move on, keep going. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's not been easy, but it never was a doubt in my mind. New York City has like hot dog carts like at every corner. Like you walk around Ugh. New York City, you're like, I can eat like shit or I can eat like real shit. Like there yeah. is like food like everywhere. Like I went there not too yeah. long ago and I was like, dude, you can just live off street meat. Well, I mean, street meat, that's a different story because that really creeps me out. But um, that, like literally in my block, we have two cookie stores that just oh, opened up. We have a coal... Uh, uh, what's it called? Krispy Kreme that opened up on the corner. We have another local donut shop that just opened up down the corner. It's ridiculous. It's like, no, they don't want anyone to be healthy, but, um, but no. And, and I don't, I also don't say any of that to like diss any of that stuff. And, and I, you know, all those things are amazing in yeah. moderation. Um, but also if it's not right for you and your body, then like it's, it, it doesn't work and it's not right for you. I mean, I notice now if I have sugar, like plain white sugar, or I have like candy, for example, I instantly get a headache. No questions asked, like right on the spot. Um, and it's just not worth it for me to feel crappy like that. No, like I said, do I do that every now and then? Of course I do, but. I don't have a sweet tooth. I have sweet teeth. I can't stop eating like candy. I love chocolate chip cookies. If it's like baked perfectly, I'll like, oh. I'll like donk down a whole, like, like mm -hmm. roll of them. I don't care. What's your, what's your go-to cookie? Well, I was just going to say, next time you come to New York, you've got to go to Levin. Have you ever been to Levin? No, I didn't know how it's to spell like this, that. Yeah, it's L-E, I think it's V, it's two words, it's French. L-E-V-A-I-N, maybe E at the end, or just okay. V-A-I-N. Um, but it's a French bakery, it's super, super tiny. Um, there's two locations, actually, but oh my gosh, each... Each cookie probably weighs like five pounds. <laughs> they're so heavy and they kind of like bulb up on the top and they serve them warm. Oh, they're so good. So those are, if I'm definitely going to go for a treat, those are the ones to have. All right. Um, yeah. Definitely send the name of that because I'm not going to remember, but yeah. I'm definitely down to go out there. I will. Right. Yeah. They're so good. All right. Let's get, let's, let's get a little inside scoop now is like when you have kids, you have one or the other, what are some names you're working with? Let's Let's hear it. <gasps> I, Come can't on. Oh, I can't share. You know, I was trying to get it out of you. I knew you weren't no, going. I, I knew you weren't going. So I have, I mean, listen, listen, like I told you, I've been thinking about this for years, you yeah. know. Um, there's one name actually. I, I don't have a boy name, so maybe you can help me with that. Tim. Um, but Tim, all right, done. So that's my only boy name. Um, and the girl name that I have is a, a name that I sort of made up. That's a combination of a couple important names for me. So no one knows except my uh, husband and I can't okay. share. But uh, I thought I was going to get it out of you. 
No, sorry. You have like a <laughs> scroll that you point out, just making check marks and fixing it up. That's awesome. Oh, exactly. I, I'll say this and I always not make fun of my friends for it. I'm like, oh, what are you, what are you hoping for? They go, oh, just a healthy baby. I know like, yeah, we all that. But like, what would you rather, boy or girl? I'm not going to ask you yeah. that question, but I just feel like I always say that. I'm like deep down, especially the guys. I'm like deep down, yeah. you know what you want. Yeah, but you can't say exactly. It. I mean, I guess I honestly, I don't care, but I guess I would only say a girl because that's the only name I'm solid on. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I'll be happy with anything. That's fantastic. Now you do TV, film and theater. Like, like, how do you juggle all that too? Like, that seems like a lot of fun. Yeah, it's it's crazy. It's been a crazy road. So um, actually, when I first got diagnosed with my uh, autoimmune disease was when I was just starting on the National Tour of Beauty and the Beast. And I was on the road for two years, um, which was also a whole nother thing and crazy because I had to navigate my medicine and everything on the road. And that was just insane. But um, yeah, I, I've done a lot of theater, performed all over the country and regionally and all that stuff. And then I moved into more TV film commercial. Um, and it's crazy to juggle it, to be honest. Um, just even with my regular J O B, you know, day job. And actually it was crazy because today I got a call back for something tomorrow that I had to navigate schedule wise because I have to work tomorrow. And then they are like, well, and if you book the commercial, you have to fly out to Nashville, uh, on Wednesday and you have to be there like Wednesday to Saturday. And so I was like, okay. I mean, and you just, you just roll with it. And so I, I messaged work and I was like, I don't know if this is going to happen, but if this happens, like, is right. there a way to work around this? And luckily I have a really wonderful work situation. Um, and I could probably get someone to, to cover for me, but I was like, I mean, the performing industry is really one that's just like you roll with the punches it's ups and downs and it changes all the time. Um, but you just have to have a positive outlook and be ready for anything because <laughs> I might be on a plane in a day and a half. Like <laughs> you never know. Right. Right. Every time I hear beauty and the beast, the first thing I say in my head is like, don't believe me, ask the dishes. Like I, my whole like life. I was like, I just keep saying that every time. So if you need someone to say that in the play, then right. I'll, I'll be your guy. What's Sounds the toughest, good. what's the toughest one? Like what one's more stressful to do like a filming or like a live action, like theater performance? It's totally different. It's so different. Um, cause like with a, with a theater performance, you get the energy of the audience and an audience is different every single time. Sometimes they're sleeping. Sometimes they're so excited, you know? Right. Um, and, and you're doing the same thing over and over, like for Beauty and the Beast, I think I did like 500 or 600 performances of it. And so it, it seems so monotonous, but it's not at the same time. And then with some sort of TV, film, commercial, it's just such a different experience. And, you know, there's no audience other than the crew that's yeah. there. And it's ignoring them, too, because they're, like, right up in your face and you're trying to do whatever you're trying to do. Um, so it's, a it's, it's, it's hard to say one or the other because it's just a completely different energy, vibe, experience. Um, yeah, and and I appreciate both of them for what they are. Has anything like crazy ever happened during a theater performance after those five hundred shows? Because like sometimes oh you my see God. some stuff like someone falling down, but they like play it off and they're like, and they get oh off the my stage. God, no, that happens all the time. No, um, <laughs> people's wigs have come off. People's oh, yeah. like costumes have just come apart. Um, 
we actually, so in Beauty and the Beast, there's the transformation at the end, yep. you know, and the beast transforms into the prince. And there was this unbelievable, like, um, effect that they did. But more times than you'd imagine, the effect didn't work. And so it would be the highlight and the music yeah. is pumping, the orchestra is playing, like everyone's so excited. And then all of a sudden it just stops and the lights go black. They have to pull down the curtain and they're like, I'm sorry, there's been a tef- technical difficulty. Aww. The show will resume and blah, blah, blah. Um, but yeah, it was actually a scary moment because the beast has to unpin part of the contraption that he's on in order for things to work and he couldn't get the pin out um and it was actually a pretty dangerous situation that we were in and we were all standing in this you know you know the sides of the stage just watching like oh what's he gonna do is he gonna do it is he gonna do it and they had to they had to call it so yeah there's stuff like that that happens oh my gosh all the time and so many things that the audience wouldn't even know that goes wrong um but that's the joy of it live theater yeah, I will, if I ever go to one, I want to sit up in like the Abe Lincoln balcony with like the old school like like the <laughs> binoculars on a stick. See up close. Yeah, that'd be that'd be sick. I um I only been to a couple I think uh, like shows like that. I went to like an Evil Dead show, like they did like mm. a live action Evil Dead in New York. I went. Oh, that's to. fun. And then my mom, growing up, she always loved Miss Saigon. Like she always just wore oh. this Miss Saigon shirt, and I never like there so wasn't there like a helicopter involved or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's all I remember. Yeah. Oh, that show is like insane. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to It's Ms. a little Simon. dramatic, but you know. I know nothing about it. I kind of want to keep it that Oh my way. God. <laughs> oh my God. It's so intense. You should go back and see it sometime. Just be like, oh my God, it's about way more than a helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's all I know. See, I only know bit little things like the whole like uh, deli meat thing. Like I only know a little bit about <laughs> Miss Simon. Like I'll give you a little bit of tips. That's about it. I'll give you the full thing. All right. I'll, a, I'll edumacate you, Tim. Yes, I'll, exactly. I'll That's you why musical br- theater and and mama motherhood. <laughs> yep. Yes, exactly. That's why I have you on. Uh, who who's some of your uh, favorite uh, actors and actresses that you look up to or like uh, study uh, up on? I mean, my absolute favorite, um, like, well, two, I guess, um, TV film actors are um, uh, Julia Roberts for sure. She's just unreal. Um, And Will Smith, I think the way that Will Smith and and Tom Hanks too, I mean, they're just iconic. Like the way that they dive into characters so fully is just unreal. Um, And I don't know, there's just been something about Julia Roberts. I just, I don't know. I think I have a little bit of a female crush on her or something. She's just amazing to me. And I also like how she's kind of kept her personal life a little quiet. Um, So that's been really inspiring to me too. Um, and then there are a bunch of other theater actors too that I just, you know, it, it's it's cool to see people transition, especially in theater and then into film. And, um, you know, it's hard, especially in theater, but in, when you are doing a show over and over and over 500 times, you know, to do something like Beauty and the Beast, that was just kind of like fun and lighthearted. But some of these shows that people are doing like Miss Saigon or like Les Mis or, you know, some of these other deeper things that people are putting themselves through. Um, like Dear Evan Hansen. I don't know if you've ever heard of that show. Yeah. They made a movie but, um, out of it just recently, right? Yeah. The, the main character and also the mother goes through some, they go through some really intense emotional moments so much so that I actually think on Broadway, the man playing or the boy kid, whatever playing Evan Hansen, 
doesn't actually do all eight shows a week. I think he actually only does like six or something. It's the same kid in the movie, right? He was the original. Yeah. Um, there's been others on Broadway since then, but, um, but yeah, so I don't know. I mean, I'm inspired by so many different actors, but, um, yeah, you can't go wrong with Will Smith and Julie Roberts. I think like the earliest memory of like me crying at something, like, I think I cried probably like to Bambi or like the movie powder, (laughs) but like the, uh, that scene in Fresh Prince of Bel-Air when his dad walks out Mm -hmm. on him, like, I'm like still to this day, I get teary out about that. And, uh, that was like one of the, and he was like playing himself that whole season, but he was like, so funny. Like, yeah, that's like one of my favorite shows It's on HBO right now. And I'm still going through it. I just, yeah, it's like one of the most legendary shows, but that scene, especially I'm always like choked up. (laughs) So true. Yeah. He's got a way of pulling out your heartstrings. That one. Did you see the, uh, like the reunion thing that they did? No, Uh, I think it was on HBO, but they brought back all the members and they brought back the first mom. And they got them all oh. together. They talked about it, and they talked about that scene. And Will said, after he uh, he like pulled him inside, he's like, "That's acting," because he always looked up to Uncle mm-hmm. Phil's character, and like getting that praise from him was like his favorite thing about the show. It was oh, really that's cool. cool. Go I'll check that out. Up. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so a little back on track here. What <laughs> are some things, uh, some personal tips for yourself that improve your mental health that like get you up out of bed and make you feel good? What are some, what are some tips you would you give some people? Well, for me, I mean, everyone kind of deals with things in a different way. For me, I need two main things. <laughs> I need kind of like a schedule and a, and a pattern of things to do because even if I like today, for example, I actually have the whole day off, which is pretty rare. Um, but I still needed to schedule things into my day and know that at this time I was going to the gym and this time I was working on this thing for my podcast. And this time I was meeting you and like all of these things, because if I didn't, then I really would find it easy to just relax in bed all day or to just like wander around doing things that are not progressing me forward. And, and I find that too, when I'm going through kind of a, a shitty situation, um, or especially like that time when I, so I don't remember if I really said this completely, but when I got diagnosed with the arthritis, um, it was really at its peak and it was so bad that my show was actually ending the, the tour, but it coincided with me basically would be the time that I moved back to New York and continue pursuing my career, which was really on a high because I had just gotten off tour, but because I couldn't walk and I had to buy a cane, I was like, I can't survive in New York City like this. So I ended up moving home for six months, which is hard. Um, at the time, I was like 27. And the last place I wanted to be was in my back in my parents' house. Right. Um, I love them, but you know what I'm saying? And so for me, it was the same thing then because I was in so much pain that I couldn't walk. And so my to-do list was rather short, but I still needed to have that schedule. I actually ended up taking a course, like a business course for actors, because I needed something to be accountable for every day. So I think that's one of the main things for me is like, no matter what you're going through, I think one of the most important things in your mental health journey is to really give yourself something to be accountable for every day. Even if that's something as small as like you have a plant and it's that you need to water that plant, you know, it's like something else, you know, is giving you a a reason and a purpose. Um, And then for me, I'm a little bit of like a, an inspirational book or self-help book kind of junkie. Um, And I love to listen to them on like an audio book or read them right now. I'm reading um, the slight edge by Jeff Olson. 
so good. Cannot recommend it enough. And it's all about like the little things that we do every day, the little decisions and how they compound over time, whether that's with your health, whether that's getting out of bed, whether that's working on a project that you have, whatever it is. Um, so it's, I love like, especially before I go to bed, just reading a few minutes of something that's kind of going to lift me up and recenter me. Um, and so I always go back to some sort of self-help audiobook or self-help book, um, Yes. And and then I guess I'd say the third one is, is just being active. Um, I kind of by nature am a very physical person. I was a dancer growing up and I love working out and going to the gym. Um, and even on the days that it's been hard for me, I've made that really a, a point and a focus. Um, and like during COVID when we couldn't go to the gym, just getting outside and getting some fresh air and going for a walk and you know, maybe listening to something while I was on my walk or whatnot. Um, but yeah, I, I'd say moving, feeding your body and your mind with those sort of inspirational, uplifting books or or podcasts or whatever, um, and then giving yourself some sort of schedule or, or something to be accountable for, um, kind of are the three things that keep me going. That's perfect. And I was pointing when you were talking at this as uh, I, I just got my first plant. I've never been a plant guy, but I got a Venus flytrap. And yeah. uh, that thing is like sprouting. I've seen it catch flies. I was like, putting, oh, that's like, so cool. Oh, it is awesome. I didn't think they were like, they were legit like Venus flytraps, but I've been yeah. taking care of that thing. So like every day I'm like, how are you guys doing? <laughs> it's, yeah. it's so cool because a fly is like, oh, I'm going to land on this, land on this. Like, oh, look at this cool plant. And the plant just claps it up. Yeah, that's awesome. You get one. Well, it's funny. I actually, I know I should. Um, It's funny because like, it it seems like such a little thing, but I mean, going really deeper into this, like there are some people that don't understand, you know, what they're here to do and what they're on this earth to, to do. And, and that can be a really lonely place, but I think it's kind of setting yourself up for, for the best situation and giving yourself that support um, or that job to, to take care of a, a Venus fly plant or, you know, do something like that is something just really little that can make a huge difference. I mean, it could be life-changing for someone. Yeah. Those things, those things get me up in the morning. I love them. Mm, yeah. It's fabric. Uh, yeah. now I like to ask everybody this. Um, now if you were like, say like you're coming out to an arena, like you're an MMA fighter, boxer, wrestler, there's a song that plays Jessica Lorian comes out. What song is playing? Mm. There's a couple different ones that you can't go with your karaoke song. I know that don't stop believing. Ah, See, you can't go with that one, all right? There's um <laughs> I know. This isn't well, yeah, like that would be my like arena, you know? Yeah. Because it's so good. But the song that just always comes into my head is good old um it, at first you don't succeed. Dust yourself off and try again. Is that Aaliyah? You can dust it off and try again, yeah. And try again. Yeah, it is Aaliyah. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say Maya, but that's definitely Aaliyah. And I, I love how you Aaliyah, showed off. Yeah. You showed off your pipes right there. So that was that was good. <laughs> that was good. I like it. That was it. No, I'm glad most people but I you talk. Know. Yeah, most people I talk to can't sing, so I'm glad that you can. So this is <laughs> oh, perfect. Thanks. That is a no, good jam. Because it's one of those like I, it's kind of like a thing that goes into my head all the time, and like uh, you know, especially as an actor, as someone who's an entrepreneur, as a podcaster, like. You're often feeling like shit, like going through it again, or like yeah. shit, I didn't get that audition, or I didn't get that callback, or I didn't book that job, or whatever it is. And and it's just kind of reminding yourself, like, dust yourself off, keep keep moving. 
Yeah. I feel like music is like such a like an emotional roller coaster. It's so influential and such a big thing. Like oh you can just be sad by playing sad music like on purpose and like you're driving in the yeah. rain and you're like looking out the window. Totally. Making you're a music to video about yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's exactly, exactly. But like But yeah, it's exactly. crazy. I actually sorry to interrupt you. No. Um I recently just got like a free three month or whatever it was thing on Apple Music. And I didn't realize how much I list, missed listening to music and not just the music that I owned. Cause you know, like back in the day, you could listen yep. to whatever the heck you wanted. It wasn't like, you know, but um, yeah, I've been listening to stuff recently and I'm like, man, I, I, they sucked me in. I think I might need the yearly membership, but it's good. It's, it's heartwarming and it feeds your soul. I'm a big Spotify guy. I've been Spotify for, for a bit. Um, yeah, you can get it and it's free. You can use it for free, but it just got yeah. ads, but I, I pay yeah, for it. So I don't get deal. ads. Yeah. Not yeah. A, not a commercial guy. Not a commercial yeah. guy. <laughs> don't uh, have time for it. <laughs> no, not now let's end with this. What are three things that you're grateful for today? Yeah, this is really cool. So, I mean, by far I'm grateful hundred percent for my health. Um, and I'm just like, I feel like I'm tooting my own horn, but I'm, really effing proud that I'm like basically almost off my meds. Thanks. Yeah. I'm just like, it's such a massive accomplishment and, um, and it's just putting me in a really cool place to know that like I can do this, you know, and without going on to another, um, another medication, it's huge. So for sure my health, um, and, and just also thinking back to where I was back then and knowing how far I've come with my health. Um, and then I would say by far my, my support system. I mean, I have a really amazing husband who puts his, you know, diet and health into check as well, which makes my life easier. Um, it's always easier when your partner is going to be on board and support you in that way. And he didn't have to do that. Um, I mean, he's better off for it anyway, but, um, yeah, his support, uh, is huge and, and the support of my family. Um, and then, might seem like a little bit of a cop-out, but I'll also just say my podcast because without it, I mean, a lot of people are like, you know, are having these conversations with moms and talking about pregnancy and birth and everything. Like, does it make you just want to have a kid so much more and like bum you out? And I'm like, yeah, I guess like it makes me think like about it more often naturally, but it's just such a positive, like, outlet and motivator and drive for me. So, um, yeah, for sure. My podcast a hundred percent. Fantastic. Jessica Lorian, make sure everybody listen to this, go check out her podcast. Mama's in training, go on iTunes, subscribe to it, put some five stars next to it. <laughs> and now Jessica, let's, let's get that baby. All right. We, we all got right. this. Um, I can't happen. wait for it. Uh, thank you so much for, for chatting with me today. I had a blast. Thank you. Me too. It's been a pleasure. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. If you are feeling suicidal, please dial 911.